and we've, we've been walking in these conversations about faith, and today that conversation opens up the door to the question of, I mean, who is the Holy Spirit, and how do we know when the Spirit is guiding us in different directions? And I think it's something that all of us have questions about. Like, if God's Spirit exists, how do we recognize it? How do we see it? How do we sense it? And then how do we know if it's not just our voice talking to ourselves, trying to convince us of certain things? How do we know it's his spirit? And, and what does that look like? And what's he trying to do? So th that's the question we're going to wrestle with is, is who is the Holy Spirit? Now, the foundation of this series has been this. Um, regardless of where you are in the faith journey or worldview, um, every worldview, every faith, even one of atheism, requires some element of faith. All of it requires you to, to, to take a step of faith. And this series has been helping us understand a little bit more about the Christian perspective, the Christian worldview, the Christian relationship with God in a way that helps us to see the overwhelming evidence of God's love, his grace, his presence through Jesus, and now into the Holy Spirit. Um, in, in the beginning of the Bible, as God is putting all the pieces together, it says that his spirit is hovering over the darkness, that God forms the world in which we see, and he, he forms humanity out of the dirt. And then it says that he literally bends down and breathes his breath of life into humans. And this is, in some ways, the starting point of our understanding of God's very spirit. Yahweh... God himself breathed life into humanity. His breath brings life to us. It sustains us. And our breath, if we choose, our breath can be a reminder of God's very presence in the moments when we feel like God doesn't exist. And I, I, want, you to, I want you to think about that in your life. The moments that you feel like you're not sure if God cares, if he exists, if he's anywhere close to you, the, the very fact that you have breath and that I have breath is a reminder that God is near. It's his breath that holds us together. It's his breath that gives us life. In fact, many Christians throughout the ages have used this, the, the name of God, Yahweh. Uh, say Yahweh with me. Yahweh. Yah? Oh, you went the other way. Yah? Yahweh. Um, some Christians have, when they breathe in, have made the sound yah, yah, way, yah, way, as a reminder of God's presence. Just, just uh, some of you might think, that's a little weird. It might be a little weird and mysterious. But the truth is, God is not standing at a distance waiting for us to get our lives in order so that he can finally be with us. God's spirit is here with you right now. Wow. Like it's this amazing picture of God's spirit from the very beginning giving life to everything, and then filling specific people for specific tasks. But then, with the birth of Jesus, a release of the Spirit. 
for all people, all times, in all places. Now, you may call me weird, but I believe God's very spirit is in this place, but not just this place because it's called a church. I believe God's spirit is in your car and in your home and in your place of business. And he's even with the people that you don't particularly like very much, which might make you angry. But God has released his very spirit and presence all over the world. We get glimpses of this in the the Old Testament. In Psalms, David was writing, and he says this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Now, some of us say that in an angry way, like with our parents when we were younger, and we're like, I can't get away from you, Dad. I can't escape. Like, you know too much. How did you know that about me? How did you know that I did that? But when David writes it, it's a good thing. God, there's nowhere that I can go that your presence and your love won't be available to me. Isn't that incredible? Like God's very presence all over the place. Now, it's difficult when we talk about the Holy Spirit and see the Holy Spirit differently than we see Christ and God. And so I'm gonna nerd out just for a second, not very long, so some of you might like drift off Others of you might lean in just a little bit. Um, I'm going to go back to my college and my post-college days to talk about the Trinity. One of the most difficult things for us to understand, and I, I want to be clear, we're talking about one God, not multiple gods, one God who is known in three persons or in three different ways. And one of the ways that I, helped me to understand this was to see God the Father as the the form, the, the, the one who stands and creates, God the Son, Jesus is the one who stoops and saves us, and God the Spirit who stays and empowers a people. The same exact God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are not talking about just a portion of God or a side of God. We are actually talking about God and his presence in this place which is a game changer. Now, if you're gonna drift off, come back just for a minute. Because I want, if you miss everything else, don't miss this. Are you with me? Do I have you? Yes. I don't feel like I have all of you. So I don't want you to miss this. For so long, I believed that God's, like the spirit was just about God's presence. Like when we said the Holy Spirit, we were just talking about God's presence. But I don't want you to miss when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about his presence, but we're also talking about his power, the power of God in your life and my life. The very thing that we need, God promises us, not just that God is here and he's with us, but the full weight of who God is is available to us. Now, some of you, like that might not mean much, but to me, it's unbelievable to think about the power of God and how that power is present and available to you and me. When you think about this world that did not exist, I mean, look at the beauty today. Has it been a crazy winter or what? It makes days like today even more beautiful. It's so beautiful, and to think God formed this Like his creative mind 
I love cactus. Do you like the cactus? I don't know what it is. I, like the cactus, I just think is amazing. And when it rains so much, you know, the cactus expands because it's holding that. Like God created that. And some of you might look at the cactus and think, it's so ugly and boring. But we're about to see flowers on cactus like we've never seen with all this rain. There's going to be flowers. I mean, it's going to be amazing. So just as the Spirit brought beauty out of the chaos, the Spirit can bring beauty into the chaos of my life and your life. That's what God wants for you. And here's what I know about you, and here's what I know about me, is that you have chaos in your life. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Some of you had chaos in the car on the way to church today. <laughs> Mom, I don't want to go to church. Do we really have to do this? If you'll just get your clothes on and get here and get your shoes, come on, let's go. There's chaos. The reality is God's spirit is available and ready and his power is present in a way that can bring beauty even out of the chaos. Not just that. In the New Testament, it talks about the power of the Spirit that raises Christ from the dead. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that can bring new life into the dead ends of our lives. And here's what I know about you, and here's what I know about me, is every single one of us will run into dead ends in our life on a regular basis. Can I get an eight? Well, you guys are so quiet today. Have you not had a dead end in your life yet? A relationship that you thought would last your whole life and it didn't? A job that you thought was it and they asked you to leave or told you to leave? Have you ever run into a dead end and you did not see what was going to come on the other side? The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that can bring new life when you hit a roadblock that you have no way of getting through. That's the power of God. And it's what's present and available to you and me. The question is, are we giving space and responding to the Spirit's work in us? It's available. The big question becomes, what are we doing with that? Have you, have you ever had a moment in your life where you just sensed that you needed to do something and you did it and you're so grateful that you did. And you thought to yourself, I don't even know why I did that. I don't know why I wrote that letter. I don't know why I bought that person's meal. I, I believe that's the spirit of God working in you. I have talked to, from time to time, doctors who have sensed in moments of surgery where there was chaos, that it was as if God's spirit guided them and led them in certain ways that allowed them to bring healing in those, those surgeries. What is that? I believe that's the spirit of God and the power of God made available to us. So in the New Testament, when we turn that page and the Spirit is given to all of us. What does that Spirit want to do? What is the Spirit's work all around us? So when we say it's the power and presence of God, what, I mean, like, practically, what does that look like? Well, here's a list, and maybe for you, I, I'd love for you to pick out one or two and wrestle with maybe what's going on in your life right now. Here are just five super clear things that Scripture tells us that the Spirit is doing. Number one, 
The Holy Spirit is always drawing us closer to God the Father. He's always pointing us to God. And uh, in theology, there's a word we use for this. It's called provenient grace. That's a big, weird word. Provenient grace is the idea that before we ever respond to God, His Spirit is working to pull us closer. Does that make sense? Um, some of you who maybe are here in the room um, and you may not believe or you don't know if you believe, but you feel this strange tug on your heart, that's God's spirit. It's provenient grace drawing you closer to the Father. So maybe for some of you, that's what God's doing is he's, he's pulling you closer. The Holy Spirit also transforms us into a new creation. Scripture is clear that one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to make us new kinds of people. He wants to get rid of the old, the, the patterns of our lives that bring about death and destruction and evil. He wants to transform us into a new creation. Uh, scripture tells us that he wants to encourage us as God's children. Maybe for some of you, that's what you need to hear today, is that you're a child of God. Some of you have bought into and listened to another voice for so long that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough, you're not whatever enough. God's spirit is the spirit that actually wants to speak the truth that you are a son and you are a daughter of the most high God. And if God is for you, nothing can be against you. Nothing can be against you. And one of the challenges we have in life is to decide which of those voices will we listen to. Am I going to continue listening to a voice that I'm not good enough? Or am I going to listen to the voice of God that says, the Spirit of God that says, you are a son of the King of all kings. And if, if he's for you, what could be against you? Some of you need that today. You need the Spirit to work in that way. Now, this next one, I'd like to skip over. This same Spirit is the one who convicts us of the sin in our life that just brings about pain and evil in the world, both for us and for other people. It's the Spirit who convicts us when we get into patterns and habits and ruts that we know are destructive, but we just can't seem to get ourselves out of them. And this is why, you know, one of the things that we've bought into is that we've got enough within ourselves to do it on our own. It's why there's a, like, a crazy amount of books on self-help, that you can do it by yourself. Listen, I want to encourage you today. You cannot do it on your own. Aren't you glad you came to church today? You can't do it on your own. But I want to encourage you that you don't have to do it on your own. God's Spirit is available to do what you cannot do. And if that God is for you, who can be against you? God's Spirit is the one that convicts us and moves us away from our evil patterns that create pain for us and for others. And then God's Spirit is also the one that empowers us with gifts to use for his kingdom. Listen, God wants this world to be a better place, and he wants you to make it a better place. Let me tell you what it's easy to do. It's easy to read the news every morning and get on Facebook and Instagram and blame everyone else for the problems that we have. That's easy. You know what God's Spirit wants to do? He wants to encourage us as his kids, and he wants to empower us with gifts to make it a better world. His kingdom, it comes when we embrace the spirit and allow him to transform us for good in this world.
That's what the Spirit, these are the, so I really, I, I wanna challenge you to take, take a picture, write it down, wrestle with, ask God, what does God's Spirit wanna do in your life? In what ways is he working on you? Jesus, um, he says, I'm gonna ask the Father and, and, and the Father will give you another counselor so when Jesus dies, he's gonna ask the Father, and, and the Father is gonna give you another counselor. This counselor, the Holy Spirit, will never leave you. He will always be with you. Listen, God's Spirit is with you. Have you heard me say that yet this morning? Like, you're not alone. You're not in it by yourself. The Spirit is with you. And it's not just the presence of God, but it's also the power of God. Now, Paul uh, one of the very first Christians, as he's working this out, he's trying to help a Christian community understand how does life and faith, and like when you talk about the Holy Spirit and you talk about the realities, like how does all that come together? Which is the question all of us have. Okay, Matt, I get it. Presence, power of God. What difference does that make for me tomorrow, Monday morning? Some of you are asking that very question. Like, this sounds great, it's great to sing some songs, open up God's word, but what does it mean to me? Paul says this as he's working this out. He says, if you let your human nature, um, we translate it here, sinful nature, Paul calls it the flesh in some places in the New Testament, but he, like, it's, it's also this idea of just your human nature, just what comes natural to you. If you let your sinful or your human nature control your mind, it will lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind will lead to life and peace. Now, doesn't life and peace sound good? Wouldn't you like to have a little bit of that in your life? Okay, so let me give you just a super clear example and be very transparent and honest about myself. I am a very impatient person. I was waiting for my wife to say amen. Um, I'm a very impatient person. I, I want things done now and I want them done correctly. In fact, I'd rather them be done yesterday than today if they can. And like, I just want things the way that I want them right now. Do I have any friends in the church today? Yep, one. Like, just be honest. God knows. So yes. So um, I'm a very impatient person. And I have a wife and I have kids and Part of my role here is uh, in some ways to help lead and guide our, our team, our staff. I have a, a choice that I have to make every single day, just like you do. And here's the, the, the choice that I wrestle with and sometimes fail with, is if I just act the way I feel like acting, it will bring death to the relationships that mean the most to me. Let me be even clearer than that. With my wife, Robin, if I tell her over and over, this is just who I am, get used to it. Like, it's just who I am. Like, this is just how God made me. And I can't do anything about it. So just get used to it. Where would that lead me in my marriage? Look, it would lead to death. Not physical death, but it would lead to a death in that relationship. Does that make sense? Like that relationship would not move forward in any way whatsoever. And at some point, that relationship would die on the vine. 
There just would be no life in it. And on top of that, there would be no peace in our home if that's how I lived. That's exactly what Paul's saying. If you let your human nature, who you are, just how I was made, if you let that control your mind, it will lead to death. Does that make sense? But instead, if you allow the Spirit of God some space in your mind and in your heart, if you allow him to begin to work on you and transform you, if you give him room and you cooperate with him, it will lead to life and peace. If I allow God's spirit to bring about what he wants to bring about in me, that's patience, it will lead to a much better marriage and home life. Does that make sense? And the same is true for you. I don't know what you struggle with. For me, it's impatience, patience, all of that. Um, you know, I used to struggle on Shay. It's a breeze now. <laughs> I don't know why you would drive 40 miles an hour on Shay, but if you want to, it's fine. If I let my human nature control me, it controls my steering wheel, my horn, my words, my hands, my yelling, all of it. But if I let the Spirit, if I let the Spirit have space and I cooperate with him, what it leads to is it actually leads to me being present in the moment and realizing, oh my gosh, I have more time to listen to that podcast or that book that I've been loving. Or I can call my dad who I haven't talked to in a couple weeks and have a conversation with him. Not with, hands free, don't worry. Like, um, it changes our perspective. It, it does something to, to move us in a different direction, to transform us. Um, Paul even says this later in Romans chapter eight. He says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Even when you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit who is present in you knows and prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Isn't that unbelievable? Some of you today, you don't even know what to pray for. Your life's a wreck. And the good news for you is God knows what you need, and the Spirit is praying on your behalf. That's unbelievable. Like, that's what God wants to bring. Um, and so we find, like, as, as, as Paul works this out over time, we get to Galatians, which is this powerful little letter that he writes, and probably the, the central piece of the Holy Spirit. He says this, so let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. You have a choice. You can just go with the flow, do what your human nature says, live like you were created, or you can let the Holy Spirit guide you, and here's what will happen. The Holy Spirit will produce this kind of fruit, love, joy, peace. Oh, here's that word, patience for me. I don't know which one you need, but patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things, and these things actually bring about in us, if we let the Spirit have some space in us, it'll bring about these things for other people to experience in our lives. I think that's one reason it calls it fruit because other people get the joy of it too. They get to experience the, the benefit of it. So let me just ask you, for those of you who are married, not everybody in the room is married, but for those of you who are married, would your marriage be better if your spouse was full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness? Would your marriage be better? So that would be a good thing. Um, let me ask you, what if, for those of you um, who have a job, would your job be a better experience if your boss was full of love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, would your job be better? Hey, let me ask you this. If you have a neighbor, some of you don't have neighbors, you live in the middle of nowhere, but some of you have neighbors. Would your neighborhood be better if the people you interacted with, like your next door, and if they were full of peace and love and joy and patience and kindness, would that be better? Okay, here's the secret. The same is true about you. People will experience a better life if you give the Spirit room to bring about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I told you I was going to get into your business. Now here, some of us have given God access to certain rooms in our lives, but we've kept them out of the closet. We've kept them out of the kitchen. We've kept them out of the, the laundry room because we feel like we can handle it or we feel ashamed if God would know. Listen, I mean, who are we fooling? Like, God already knows. Like, God, he knows everything about us. But he doesn't force his way into all the corners, the attic, the basement. He doesn't force his way into those areas of our lives. He waits for us to surrender and give, give him the room. Um, I know I've mentioned this a few times in this series. I just think it matches up so well. Some of you have walked through 12 steps. Um, you go to AA groups. Uh, it's such a powerful teaching and, and pathway that I think is based on Scripture. Um, here's the truth. All of you need 12 steps, and I do too. We all need 12 steps. We, we all need a path of transformation, which is what 12 steps is, um, Richard Rohr wrote this book, Breathing Underwater, about the 12 steps. Step six says, um, we're entirely ready to have God remove all the defects of character in our lives. So we got to the place where we were ready to have God work in us to remove defects that are in there. Does that, does that make sense? Are you following? Um, and so what what Richard, his commentary, he's saying, it's no surprise at all that our common metaphors for the Holy Spirit all honor and point to a kind of flow experience. God's desire is for his, his spirit, both his presence and his power to flow like a river, like wind, like fire into our lives. But he doesn't force that, even though it is a flow. He waits for us to surrender so that he can flow and his spirit can, can move. And this last line, I think, is really important. It seems we must both surrender and take some responsibility. It's a tension. It's, it's the tension between, I'm just going to do this on my own and saying, no, but I have a role to play to cooperate when the spirit nudges me or guides me or moves me in a different direction. Like, I have to cooperate with that. I have to both surrender and take some responsibility for the choices that I make in life. I just can't say, well, it is what it is. I have to take responsibility for those choices. So a couple last little pieces. Um, there's going to be a lot of words here, but how do I open myself to the Holy Spirit when this is a completely new concept? I think prayer is really important uh, for us to ask God to help us 
become aware of his presence. Because he's promised us his presence, but some of us just don't know, how do we become aware of it? So we pray, then we pay attention, we watch and we listen for signs of the Spirit that might be around us. And we begin to just say, I think that might be the Spirit. So like when Joe walked through this conversation, Joe and Christy walked through the conversation that they're in, it was this this process, I think it's a, a beautiful picture of saying, we sense God leading us in a certain way, we want to pay attention to that. Then they begin to recognize, no, no, this is the voice of God. To identify, no, no, this is, this is the Spirit. This, this is clearly of God. And then the difficult piece is then to respond, to cooperate with the leading and the conviction of the Spirit in our lives. And, and the reality is, the more we recognize and respond to that voice in our life, the louder and more clear it becomes the more we ignore and reject God's voice and spirit in our life, the more distant it seems. It's not distant. God promises us it's not distant. It just seems distant because we quit listening. Does does that make sense? If Robin were to call me on the phone and I didn't look at who was calling, it would take me one word to recognize it was my wife calling. Well, how is that? It's because I'm, I'm very familiar with her voice. And the way we become familiar with God's voice is we spend time watching, listening, identifying, and then responding, walking with that. Like it's, it's, it's this relational connection that God wants with us, and the Spirit is, is the connecting point. So here's the deal. You have full access to the Spirit. You have full access God does not hold back from you. You have access to his presence and you have access to his power. Full access. The, the question is, does God have full access to me? Does, does he have the space that he needs to transform me? And that's our responsibility is to open that door. The, the prayer, um, if you're following along the prayers, God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. Help me to recognize and respond to your spirit's voice in my life. That's a good prayer to, um, to voice this week. And for those of you, I've had, I've had a number of you say, hey, Matt, I love the extra credit reading books, suggestions that you have. So if you want a gold star in heaven this week, um, that's not how God works. But um, the Bible Project has just a ton of resources around the Holy Spirit. You can watch the video, but there's also, you can dig into the background notes and there's some research books behind it that you can, um, scholarly books behind it that you can get into. The, the challenge here is the, the Holy Spirit is not a scholarly subject for us to understand. It's a personal presence. And so we have to be careful trying to figure everything out instead of entering into a relational walk with God. That's, that's what God wants. God, we want to give you room um, to move in our lives. And um, so in this moment, as we sing to you, as we turn back to you, we pray that your spirit would become evident and we pray that we would uh, cooperate with the spirit in us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.